0: Picture this. The journey ahead starts here together, and together we can build a brighter future. You are listening to Illuminating Hope, a podcast of Hope House. Monkey Brain Art was founded by Gary and Trish Walker in 2021. Welcome to Illuminating Hope, a podcast of Hope House. I'm Tina Johnson, Community Partnership Manager, and I am here with my co-host, Marianne Matheny, CEO of Hope House. And today we want to welcome Gary and Trish Walker. Founders Gary and Trish Walker have experienced the benefits of healing practice of art, meditation, and mindfulness to combat the trauma of peace. PTSD. Both have traveled the journeys of the unsettled mind, continue to use these techniques to treat their own trauma. Gary, a disabled United States Air Force veteran and artist, practices art to quiet his crushing anxiety and depression. Trisha Walker, a licensed yoga instructor and recent breast cancer survivor, provides her experience and expertise to provide help and care for others in crisis. Together, Gary and Trish, Bring a blend of art and meditation techniques that will assist in unlocking new ways to cope with restless minds and spirits associated with PTSD. Gary and Trish Walker, welcome very much to our show. We're so excited to have you. Marianne and I have been looking forward to the show for quite a while to get you in the podcast room. Trish, talk to me about your affiliation with Hope House and why.
1: I grew up in domestic violence home. I had a stepfather that beat my mom on a regular basis. Usually he did it when I was um, at my father's visiting. So all the time, I had this fear in me all the time because they would always come get me and say, your mom's in the hospital, broken leg, the you know, broken arm, broken hip, whatever. And, you know, he also was very abusive to me. But when we had started our business We got involved with Hope House because it was just a little place in our heart that we felt it would be a great great fit for us and had a great time being able to support Hope House. So, yeah, we have a sweet spot for Hope House in our heart. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. (laughs) Gary, tell me.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, tell me about that. Now, you know, Trish and I, when we first started our business and, you know, we were working very hard, and then we got to a point where we could, volunteer some our time back and obviously donate. And there was a gentleman at Commerce Bank and I went up to talk to him because he was, you know, kind of a mentor to us. And I said, you know, I want to get involved in the community. And he said, sit down. So he made a phone call and he says, here's the address, go over to Hope House and meet with them. Interesting. And, he did a tour. and so he had sent us over and just we fell in love right away and it really spoke to us. We sat down and aligned what our goals were for our philanthropy and so obviously because of Trisha's situation and you know I came from a broken home as well we put that domestic violence abuse at the top of we want to work with organizations like this. Our son was an actor so we wanted to work with the arts and then I'm a veteran So we wanted to work with veterans' causes. So that was our priority that we had aligned for our philanthropy. So that was really important to us, and, and we knew right away, and we got over it and got the tour, we just were like, yeah, this feels like home to us, you know, because we were in this community and that was very important to us. And then it just, as things progressed, then it was my chaotic mind that I was like, we got to do something different and unique and fun. And with that, awareness and with that raise funds and so then I talked to Marianne and we were like what are the needs right now and I think it was right for the holidays and is this when you were a
0: board member because you were a board member oh, before, right? oh
2: okay yeah, yeah they hooked me later so, <laughs> they always oh, get the hook yeah, yeah. Oh, sunk, yeah. Sunk, oh yeah we're, good at, that. <laughs> we're very good at that and I enjoyed every minute Yes, me too. So we came up with a food drive to do food baskets. We laid it all out, like how many turkeys we'd need, how many hams we'd need. And we wanted to do a whole kit. So pumpkin pie and the crust and stuffing and everything. And fortunately, I had a really good relationship with the manager at hy V at the time. And Aaron Lee Simon. And went to him and said, okay, here's what I want to do. And here's what we need to get our costs at. And he said, Absolutely. I'll bring it all in for you. It'll be a special order, and we'll get you all squared away. So I called Mary and said, we're going to do this, we're going to do this thing. (laughs) So I put out
1: Well, the interesting thing is the first year, I want to say, we did like something small, like 10 or 15 Mm -hmm. and so the next year, Gary goes and asks Mary Ann, you know, like, how many do you think you need this year? And so it was like maybe 25, you know, so every year unfortunately, there was more need but the community kept meeting the need by helping us with, and we got our employees involved, so it was great it was a great way for other people to get involved and to feel good and so it was great for them to be able to participate also
0: join the social responsibility yeah, wave People
1: right. don't do that i don't you know a lot of companies not that the companies don't do it but i don't think they get their employees engaged enough and i think people just get so busy and they don't you know they, Especially just get, they don't realize was, yes. how great it is to do you know I think
3: that's what was so interesting about it is that just really talking about the timing of it it was the holidays we're talking about Thanksgiving and when you talk about our clients who are in our outreach program often they're struggling often they're they're not able to put you know they're barely able to get their monthly bills paid so having that extra help but being able to provide a Thanksgiving meal for their family which may seem very simple but it was so impactful and it really really made a difference and continues to make a difference in their lives and being able to carry on traditions, create new traditions. I think for me that watching it grow was watching you bring the community together. And you're a very dynamic couple, very engaging. very And people <laughs> true coming to that. People, and people were coming out of the woodwork to help.
2: Using social media quite a bit and I would put out the call for donations. People started contacting me before I ever put the call on. Hey, are you doing? A food oh, that's drive so again? amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure. And so we put a dollar amount to the baskets, and so people knew. Look, if I gave X, it'll buy four baskets for four different families. And so we started doing that, and we did that for ten years. Wow. And on the tenth year, we came up with one hundred and fifty food baskets.
0: You know the beauty of that is that I don't think a lot of people think about when you are a domestic violence survivor you need a lot but you ask for nothing mm-hmm. and so to have something delivered to you that is going to provide for your family that you did not know how it was going to happen is absolutely amazing. Yeah. It is so encouraging that somebody cared enough to think of them and not even know them and understand their situation because a lot of domestic violence survivors carry a lot of shame and that's why they don't ask for things that's why we're here to help people like you are here to help it's all about the survivors so I love this
2: and with Trish and I you know it's the empathy part of it we understand yes we've been there we went through it we survived it and it did so much for us you know that's the thing we've got so much joy out of doing that. And then in turn, people that wanted to help but weren't sure how to help, this was a really easy thing. You know, they could write a check and buy X. How many food baskets you want to buy? This is what they cost. We had the, the last, I don't know, the last three or four years we had to use a box truck that's with a lift and there was... Oh know, my X.
3: word! I am...
2: Had... Yes. Yeah, I was going to
3: say that. We have pictures of you guys yeah. loading yeah. those trucks. It yeah. was amazing. What a blessing. Well, and then that kind of morphed into the next thing. Yeah. So yeah. not only, I mean, that's it, the way one thing I find just so love about you guys is it didn't just stop with one thing. You then decided, oh, well, now we can help with that. So the next step was the parties. Yeah. The parties, the parties. And
2: toy drive. Mm-hmm. So what we did, we would host a party at our home, and... To get in, you had to bring a new toy, nonviolent, and we, we had a list of or a gift what for the mother. needs mm-hmm. or so, a gift for yes. the mom. That's yeah. so important. And
1: as a child coming from that background, I always felt bad for my mom mm-hmm. because it was like I mean she could barely afford to buy me and my brothers anything, let alone I mean she never got anything. Right. And my dad and my my biological dad and her didn't have very good relationships. So you know some other spouse tends to sometimes mm-hmm. buy me a gift mm-hmm. for right, the kids, you right know. But it was always like oh. so I always had a. a soft spot for the the mothers and it was always so happy when people brought robes and you know slippers and you know just things that you don't go out and buy for yourself anyway. And then
2: gift cards because teens, teens were hard to buy for and that was after a few years we realized you know we need to serve that segment a lot better than what we've been doing. So best buy gift cards and you know all in for some department stores if they want to go buy themselves some clothes or whatever and and we did that for 10 years
0: I can't tell you how many times our COO Eileen she handles the gift cards here and she's had to go buy tennis shoes for school for some of our teens that were in shelter or in the hotel program and always goes to great use
2: yeah. yeah absolutely and and like I said we got so much joy out of it and do I miss it yeah I miss it is there a chance we might restart a program I don't know we may have to have conversations about that I don't I'm not sure
1: Gary, when Gary was in the Air Force, he started when we were in Germany, he started Toys for Tots within his the police squadron, so for the whole base and so uh, Well, so my motivation was
2: they put out a call on base to buy toys for the German kids. And I went, Okay, that's great and we need to reach out to our allies, but who's taking care of the kids that are on base? that are doing without because, you know... We, you don't make we, a lot of money in the We military. struggle our way up. When I think my oh, yeah. first paycheck in the military... This makes me sound so old. My first paycheck in the military was what? Like $350. Yeah. You know, $350. And our rent, rent was 300 Yeah.
3: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: So, so we understood, <laughs> yeah, so work <laughs> right. so two job. We are in North Dakota, and she walked into the mall, and she said, where's the escalator? And they're like, what? It was one level. <laughs> oh. It was one level mall. I had a JCPenney's on one end and a Target on the other end. <laughs> Wow. And so, yeah, we, we, once again, understanding the plight of people that are not taken care of you know, and they need the assistance. Like you said, they don't ask. And so we started a boy drive with the uh, fees, which is the base exchange, and uh, they sold us all the toys at cost, which, you know, the government's buying stuff pretty cheap. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we raised a lot of money for toys, and it turned out to be another pretty amazing thing that we got to be involved in. So those breadcrumbs that we've laid along 39 years of giving back, and really being mindful about how that's happening and what we're doing and how we can make it unique and raise awareness and raise money. Which
0: you're doing still today with Monkey Brain Art. With that, let's talk about what led you to the nonprofit Monkey Brain Art, what you do. Let's hear your story first, and then let's talk about what you do.
2: Sure. So when I was in the military, I was injured. I had a couple of major back surgeries when I was still in Germany, tool Germany. And the unfortunate thing is that through the trauma of all of that PTSD, and I stuffed it for many, many years. I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell anybody about it. Obviously, I had a lot of concerns because people that I helped put in prison were sent to Leavenworth. So we moved back here. And I didn't want anybody to know what I had taken part in. And so all those years of stuffing it and the unfortunate thing of being on Oxy because of the back pain and, you know, I ended up having 14 back surgeries and a hip replacement and knee operations and just... uh, And this
0: was all from the injury from the military. Yeah.
2: Yes. We sold our business for the first time. And the unfortunate thing was then my mind was idle. Because I had just non-stop... We had 250 employees, and, I mean, it was a non-stop thing. And it was seven days a week, and, you know, it was day and night. And so when I had time to think about things, that's when the PTSD started raging really bad. And I got to a very dark place. And, you know, the Oxy doesn't help. right? And the self-medicating doesn't help. And all the things they tell you not to do, the unfortunate thing is I went into that spiral. And Trish went to Mexico on a women's business trip. She's part of the Women Who Means Business. And so I was left at home by myself. We were empty nesters. So uh, the suicidal ideation started. It went even darker and darker that I got to the point where I was planning my own death. And, you know, it's hard for people to hear it. It's hard for me to talk about it, but I think it's very necessary that we have that mental health conversation. My mother knew that I was struggling. You know, moms, they got that instinct. Yeah. And so my mom called me, saved my life. And so she said, honey, when you were in high school, remember, you used to do a lot of drawings and paintings and everything. And I still have the paintings at the house. I said, mom, I know that. She goes, could you paint me another painting? Now the church is, she's out of town and you don't have the business. And so I, you know, I was a little upset at her because of where I was at emotionally. But I went... uh, the art supply store, and I bought a bunch of supplies. And I went in the garage, and uh, unfortunately one the bottle of Jack Daniels was uh, some cigars, because that's where I was at at the time. And I put the canvas on the floor, and Jackson Pollock was always a big influence on me, very abstract. And so uh, that's what I started. And a lot of it was anger. I mean, I was, there was paint all over the garage, on the walls, on the floor, because I just was releasing all this stuff that I had been stuffing for 25 years at the time i was on a cane you know had a hard time standing for long periods of time and i painted for 13 hours Wow. And went inside and collapsed. And when I woke up, I went, I'm not going to call Trish now because she's out of the country. But when she comes back, we're going to sit down we're, we're going to talk about this and I'm going to get help. So that's what we did. She came back. We talked about it. Nonprofit, The Battle Within, reached out. I got in their program. Not after.
1: Took him four or five signups before he actually.
2: <laughs> she actually had to drop me yeah. off. I
1: was like, well, we're going in the car and I'm
2: leaving. You and there. leaving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was the best thing we could have done. Yeah. Sure.
2: And so, when I graduated on that Friday, Trish and my mom came to graduation, and they were like, you're glowing." We got our Gary back. Because I had been in such a depressive state for so long that I didn't even know how bad it was. So I went back to art. The backstory to the art program is when I was 15, I won a bunch of state blue ribbons for my art. And then I met Trish at 16, and guess what happened to art? <laughs> art took a break until I was 50. So I didn't pick up art again until I was 50. It was pretty sad at first. It really was. I'm self taught. I didn't you know, I didn't go to school for it it's progressively gotten better. So Trish saw how it was changing me and she went and got her yogi certification so that she could do mindfulness meditation with me. So we were looking at different ways to treat my PTSD and I didn't want to do a bunch of medication because I'd already beaten oxy and I didn't want to go back on anything. Tell me
0: what mindfulness and meditation
1: is. Mindfulness is just really being in the moment. So not worrying about yesterday, what happened to yesterday or five years ago or not even living in the future of what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen next week and you know all the stress that comes around both of those it's really just being in the moment so that's what we teach our students is be here be now, na- you know be part be present and then the meditation is just taking time to calm your mind so we named monkey brain Gary I was this is from a steal his thunder Um, So the Buddhist monks call an unsettled mind monkey brain, monkey mind. So we decided monkey brain sounded better, so we chose monkey brain. And so it really, that's kind of where we came up with the name, and that's our goal with Monkey Brain Art, is to help other veterans, first responders, nurses, caregivers, we Help them find their calm. And you know, it's different for everybody. We're all individuals. So we do different forms of art, and I'll let Gary talk about that. Yeah, so that's uh, Monkey Brain Art was born in 2021.
2: We started working on That'd it working. in 2020. So who starts yes. a nonprofit during a pandemic? <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> well, and Trisha just, you know, went through breast cancer all of 2020, several surgeries and radiation and chemo, and I mean, all of it. I didn't know if it it was time to do it and when she green lent me on this thing I went to town okay. I just well the
1: battle with them kept saying we want you to be our art program so we're thinking okay well Gary'll just be under them right their umbrella they're like no no we want you to start your own nonprofit and I was thinking that sounds like a lot of work <laughs> I know not we've done nonprofit work and so that really like scared us for a brief second and then we're like you know what we can do this and I love that they people. saw that in you guys yeah, that is amazing yeah. no, they were
2: they were so supportive they were like we're gonna hold The space until you feel like it's time for you. So we're not pursuing anybody else to do this. We want you to do it because we feel like that's what's in the two of you. And so we had a meeting uh, with Justin. The guy just has wisdom beyond his years. Trish and I decided, yeah, it's time to do this. Because what we saw, the change in me and even the change in Trish, that blending those things together was so powerful. And we didn't see any other program in the United States that was like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to be a trailblazer pioneer. That's, you know, I love being creative, uh, which kind of helps when you're pursuing art. <laughs> 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 and so um, we went ahead and, and got our 501c3 and, you know, started moving forward and put the board together and doing all the things that you have to do. All the things. All the things. It's been amazing. It really has. The VA's been very supportive of our program. They helped us uh, find a location at St. Michael's Veterans Center so we didn't have to pay any rent, which was great. And they funded all of our art supplies to get us started for the first year, which was awesome.
1: Plus, we had a captive audience because... We, we helped all the people that lived at St. Michael's. Amazing. Yeah. So that was our first group of people that we experimented on. And, <laughs> and, you know, at the time, I mean, the
2: pandemic was still going. And so fortunately for us, there was a big courtyard in the middle of the space. And we would take the easels and we'd go outside and have more than 10 feet between
0: people. PTSD does not stop for a pandemic. Um, you're
2: right. Hums. It makes it worse. It, worse. it makes yeah. it worse. We had a lot of
1: people that were coming to our classes even after the pandemic kind of, you know, eased off a little bit saying that, you know, they were suicidal because they had, their PTSD was raging and they're like, they can't get, you know, most of them Aren't married or don't have, you know. It was like they were just home alone with their own thoughts, and that's the and worst that place. Isolation to be.
2: Yeah. is one of the worst things. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be engaged with people. And yeah. one of the first things that you lose when you're severed from your service, whether it's the military or fire department or police or even nursing, is you lose community. So reengaging people back into the community where there are like experiences. Because military, all of us went through basic training or a police academy or a fire academy or nursing school. It's pulling that back together. And so, what we'd start out with is we would just put big, giant coloring books on a table and boxes of Crayolas, and we'd just go, okay, today's the first art lesson is we're going to color. And they don't realize what we're trying to do is to build that community back and to give them people that they can feel safe talking to and it's funny because you ask them when's the last time you opened a coloring book and they were kids well in that as well we were trying to get back to pre-trauma oh, I know interesting. there are some kids you know that go through trauma and we understand that but what we tried to do was really to get them back to a place before their trauma happened And that was a great way for us to start to reignite joy and get into a place where they would open up and they would relax. Because with PTSD, you're on guard. You can get triggered very easily. You know, that's one of our rules in class. No trauma stories. Because you don't know how that will affect the person that's next to you. So true. So the point is, let's not trigger people. Let's find what your calm is. So in monkey brain art, when we say help them find their calm, maybe it's not coloring books. Maybe it's not watercolor. Maybe it's abstract. You know, I found out that listening to jazz and painting abstract is my jam. That's my calm. That's my space. I can't force somebody into that space. We need to help them create their own space of calm by giving them little tastes of things. Like, okay, this class, we're going to do this. And this class, we're going to do this. And now we've even developed to the point where we have a photography class. And, and it's one of our most popular offerings. We get people that they'll do art and they go, wait, you've got photography too? Well, I want to sign up for that. Before they're ever done with art, they're ready to sign up for the next class. And now we're introducing wood burning. Uh, we have an amazing instructor that uh, he's a 100% disabled veteran and he, super talented when it comes to woodworking. So he'll teach them how to build a flag and how to uh, wood burn it and how to, to use watercolor uh, pencils mm-hmm. to stain it and then seal it up. And so we're constantly looking for other ways to draw people in and their curiosity to help them find that calm.
1: Also, I want to just add a little side note that the battle Within, it's a five-day intensive course that you go through with clinicians clinicians and you know they have marriage counselors and psychologists and everything so you go through those five days and like Gary said we were like oh my gosh he's glowing he you know he's like in this great place but then you get thrown back into the world right and we all have to like go back you need to Typically, go back to your old self, your old ways, and everything. And so, we were part of the program to once you are back, then you can come. You know, they had different program offerings. Ours was one of them to get people to be engaged, to stay engaged, and to continue to work on their mental health and you know stay engaged in their community. Because you know, a lot of people that went through that program, even when Gary went through, they didn't have anything like that. And so, I mean, they had some little get-togethers and stuff, but. You know, I always knew Gary was happiest when he was around other veterans mm-hmm. and it really you could just tell. I mean, he was excited. It was like his people. And so now, you know, yeah. So now, you know, we have it and and we see it in our in our students also, we do. you know, and a lot of them still come in and they're still secluded, you know. They and they do that probably because they don't know how to deal with what they're going through. And so we also can then at that point offer them, hey, maybe you should go try this program or go try this other program. Or, you know, we are connected, Monkey Brain Art wants to be connected with all the veteran groups. And so we support War um, Horses and we support Veterans Community veteran Project, community. BCP, Tiny
2: Homes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
1: you know, there's several equine therapies out there. You know, there's a lot yep. Horse, to offer people. Horses and
2: Heroes. And yeah. We just did a class with them. Yeah. And That's something that I see in Kansas City that I want to work on much more intensely is uniting all these different veteran first responder organizations. There are enough people to serve out there, and there's enough money out there that no one will start. None of these programs will get hurt. I think it will only be beneficial if we can all come together. You know, I've been trying to lead that charge. And so we're a great aftercare program. So if somebody goes through War Horses, we would love to have them go into our program and have like a 90-day aftercare to give them more tools because you're not always going to have a horse, right? Right. right? But you can have a sketch pad because it's the first thing we give them when they come to class is a sketch pad, pencils, sharpener, eraser, and a little pencil bag. And that's, they get that from us very first class. And I get them homework. Like, you know, what do we have them? Draw a rooster, a glass of water. We just give them things so they sketch throughout the week and it's not just, okay, I'm going to go on Monday from six to eight and then I'm done with this. I'm setting it aside. We want to reignite that because art is something you can do the rest of your life, even with some physical limitations. I lost most of the vision in my left eye. I'm a one-eyed artist. No limitation there. I can still create art. In fact, I did a commissioned painting when I first had my Reddit attached with an eye patch on. I look like a pirate. And I did this giant commission. And so we want to teach people skills that they can carry through the rest of their life. And, you know, the unfortunate thing about where we're at is we were at war for 20 years. It has created a lot of broken people.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: It's so unfortunate. I see a generation of kids because they're kids to me. I'm an old guy. And I know when I got out of the military, the only person waiting for me was Trish and our son's eye. And they picked me up the airport and then that was it. There was no transition. I mean, I know now they're trying to do more transition work, but we have to plant flags in these communities where people go, hey, I'm struggling. I just left the police department or I just retired from the fire department. and I don't know what to do with myself. Well, guess who went through that? I did. I know exactly how they And Trish knows how I feel because she's been by my side the entire time. She's my caregiver. And so when I have tough moments, she's the one there to catch my tough moments. And we want to be there for them to help catch their tough moments and make it to where they don't feel like, well, I have no one to reach out to. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would tell me not to do this, but I give everybody the first class, I give my business card my mobile phone. If you need help, call me. I will either come get you or I will find somebody to come get you.
3: I think that's one of the things that strikes me we talk too about the similarities between what you're doing with trauma and then what we do with trauma but I think it's really important that sense of community I don't think you can really underestimate how important that is and whether that community getting that through art classes or support groups but I'm curious about because trauma does take such an impact on people and it can be very different having all of those connections I think is extremely important because you're you could or maybe you already have had people who respond or who are triggered and and then their needs are more than what you are capable of being able to handle Mm -hmm. so I think just maybe talk a little bit about that because I know from our perspective that's really important to have those plans in place should somebody need extra support Mm -hmm. right
2: So, you know, the great thing is that, you know, we're working with many of these organizations already Mm -hmm. and, you know, we donate paintings to them for fundraisers and we we come and do pop-up art classes for them and whenever we get the opportunity, we're going because we want to develop those strong referral partners. And we have referred several people now into different programs because their needs were more than what we can meet. With the veterans, you know, we formed a relationship with the VA. And, you know, with veterans in the VA, there's contention there, and that happens. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they have skilled clinicians that know their way around this. And if someone needs medication, that's not for us. That's not what we do. Right. And so having the VA there, and then we have started working with Johnson County sheriffs, and they have... First Midwest? Yeah, First Midwest, but they have peer support yeah, now. Peer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So peer-to-peer. Oh, that's great. And so if somebody's struggling, they can go to their peer and have a conversation, and they can get help within their organization. So that's been a great opportunity for us as well. In fact, we just went, and I love this part of it, mm-hmm. and the forethought that went into this. We went and worked with their academy. They haven't even graduated yet. And they're already preparing them to understand, recognize that if trauma happens, you need to ask for help. And here's some of the things we can do to help. Riding on a fire truck or in a police car is a very stressful job. I was a police officer when I was in the military. It's a very stressful job. You might have 90% there's nothing going on, but then there's that 10% of just unbelievable stress at a moment's notice, and then how do you unwind? Is it, hey, I go home and I sketch and I talk to my loved ones about it, or, or do I go and buy a 12-pack of beer on the way home. And I'm just telling you this from experience, my own experience.
1: Yeah, and PTSD, we realized, obviously doesn't just happen with veterans and first responders. And I think most of America went through it during COVID. But, you know, it's just like, we want to be there to help other, you know, we came and did a fluid art class for your board of directors. Yeah and your leadership and we've worked with some other organizations that aren't veterans and first responders and they love it like one organization said we want you to come every month and work with uh you know work with our clients Mm -hmm. and and so i mean it again it's a feel good for us you know like we love doing it yes it's we get to do it constantly, and we never get tired of it. And so that's, you know, that's the great thing about monkey brain art. And
2: because it's always something different. Yeah. So when we create art with them, it's going to be something different every time.
1: And seeing people's reactions and just, like, <laughs> or usually it's afterwards. Like, they realize they had fun, like they enjoyed what they were doing. But it's kind of the comments afterwards, Mm -hmm. like after they thought about, like when they went home or, you know, it's like, wow, I really did take two hours and not think about anything else, right? I had that
3: break. We had that reaction um, after the session that you guys had with us. I had several of them go, oh my gosh, I had no idea what to expect and been so crazy busy and have all this stress and then just was like oh I feel so much better I feel relaxed and calm and being able to go address the day yeah in it's a much so different weird manner how yeah. art does that to does. you
1: and <laughs> when Gary first started doing art and he'd get commissioned pieces He's kind of a procrastinator so he would wait to the last second and then I'm stressing for him like oh my gosh you okay. got to get it done and then I'm thinking oh my gosh he has got to do art for 18 you know he one time he did one i don't know how many hours like 20 some hours, hours like almost I straight for 20 hours. And I'm, like, freaking out. Like, hes he was in his happy place, and I didn't understand that. To me, it was work, right? It was, mm-hmm. like, another job that you have to go do. And he was all happy and everything. So one day we did, when I started doing fluid art, I'm not an artist, but I can do fluid art. Yeah, sure. So I did fluid art with him, and I had all these creative ideas because we had started doing it in class. But I wasn't teaching it. We had another teacher. And I never wanted to miss the fluid art days that we were doing that. And so I had all these ideas. We went down in our basement. We started doing them. And I'm telling you, like, 12 hours later, I was like, it, like, sunk in. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, the time, like, stood still. And that's what was so crazy. And then I finally got, like, okay, I understand.
2: Why I can go pay for a hours? Yeah, yeah,
1: and not think about anything
2: else, you know. And just, I, always, I always try to remind her. Creativity is not a light switch. Yeah. I it is just, <laughs> I can't just go down and just start painting cold. You know, it's it I have a process. And but once I'm in that process, I want to take full advantage of it because it doesn't just come along. Hey, there it is. Yeah, I'd be go. like, you wanna
1: go walk around the art museum or you know, <laughs> try to
0: get inspired. <laughs> it's like writer's block. I love to write. Yeah. I'm a writer and I've always loved it. But some days I just stare at the computer. <laughs> And nothing comes. The light right. switch
3: didn't
2: work. It did well, not it work. Didn't, it did. You're over there flipping it. It's not come on. So now.
3: that would be me. I'd be like, yeah. not there. Lights yeah. out. Yeah.
2: So. so we love what we're doing. I did want to say that if there's someone out there, that a loved one that you think this program would benefit, we raise the money so they don't have to pay. We don't want money to be a barrier to someone taking these classes. So we raise the funds and so for veterans, first responders, caregivers and nurses, it's free. So that we don't, we want to try to tear down the barriers to finding their calm.
0: That's one of the first barriers that come up when anyone needs help is that financial piece. So I definitely commend you on that. I think that's wonderful. I think one of the quotes that uh, when we had our board event is, I didn't know how much I needed this until I did this. Have
3: you thought about or are you doing where you're like training the trainer? So I know that was something that we were extremely interested in for our board, for our staff, Mm -hmm. and for our clients. And I could see our therapists who are always doing very creative. Things with clients. If they learned how to do this, then they could do it with our clients on a regular basis. Have you thought about that and what that would look like in terms of charging whatever amount it would be, and then they can then take it and spread it? Because mm-hmm. you are two people that have right. a finite amount of time. Right. right. So this yeah. is such a, a wonderful thing, and the impact is so amazing that I know that's something that we would be interested mm-hmm. in because our clients would definitely benefit and our staff. Yeah. So much our so. On the front lines doing this work, and it would be a wonderful experience for them as well. Yes.
2: So I'm wearing my warrior art instructor hat today. Okay. Um, (laughs) I see it. Warrior (laughs) warrior art instructor. So what we do is, you know, we started with a core group of people that had the same passion, that traveled a lot of the same journey, where they had trauma, PTSD. They appreciate art. They love art. They're good at art because, you know, having an art teacher that's not so good at art, that's a struggle. (laughs) We love you, but it's a struggle. So we, we started with that core group, and now what we've done is through doing these classes we see someone evolving and embracing what we do at monkey brain art and then we approach them about becoming an artist assistant we call it the monkey squad so we ask them to join the monkey squad and then they come alongside us and we come alongside them and we show them here's the process and at first what we do is we just have them take the class again so when we're doing fluid art they become participant but we're asking them to be a little more mindful about what they're doing Mm -hmm. and the subtleties of what our program does and how there are things put into the program intentionally.
0: And that gives them purpose.
2: It does. It mm-hmm. absolutely does. And and they love to be involved because what do they get to do? They get to hang out with people that they understand that they get and that they have those shared experiences.
1: Especially if they love art. It's a win win, <laughs> right? Yes. So they get to hang out with people and they get to do art. So that's always
2: um, and, and we've been fortunate once again that collaboration because you're just not going to be successful unless you collaborate. Well, you can, but it's super hard work. The VA will get people that call and say, I want to volunteer. And, you know, we just had someone that moved here from Colorado, and she's not a veteran. She's an artist. She's a very, very good artist, very accomplished. And she said, I want to give back. I want to volunteer. And so what we did was we said, you know what, come sit in class. Just come see what we do and see if that's something that you would enjoy you would get filled from. Filling people up, they just keep coming. They're like, I love this. I love what you're doing. I love what I'm doing. I have purpose. And so she came to class and just knocked it out of the park. I mean, she, right alongside Trish and I, she really did an amazing job. So that's different ways that we recruit in Find talent.
1: But outside of serving the monkey brain, we haven't really done that. I mean, I don't think we would be opposed to training other people because, yeah, we can only do so much. And obviously, we want to help other organizations that have clients that have PTSD or other types of life issues. It's not necessarily our focus, but we are there. We want to support people. We're kind of an open book and willing to help however we can. I think that's a great idea, uh, a great thought, Marianne, that, you know, something we should think about. We have thought about maybe doing things like this for corporations, for their executives, because Mm -hmm. everybody knows, you know, they also have the stress, right? you know, and that stress you don't realize it, that you have it. I mean, you, you kind of, you know you have it, but it's like just figuring out a way to like, how do we get away from it for an hour or two, right? right? And Because
2: it'll eat you up. We know that. Absolutely. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you, heart attacks, number one killers, mm-hmm. that's it. That's the number one killer in America is heart attacks and strokes. And so giving them something they can go to when they know that they're under stress or if they're coming into stress like if they have a stressful meeting coming up or whatever you know the night before get out a sketch pad and draw something or just take and breathe yeah. you know last night when we were doing at the va at the honor annex people would hold their breath and i could yeah. see them holding yeah. their breath yeah. i and did it
0: the whole time i was pouring yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when trish said make sure you're breathing it yeah. was either you or or gary mm-hmm. i was like
1: oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's why we actually start with mindfulness and meditation. Mm-hmm. It kind of helps you relax a little bit, clear your mind. But you kind of set of your intentions too—that your intention. you're going to focus yeah. just
3: on now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I yeah. loved that part
1: of it. Yeah, just get rid of that monkey brain that's mm-hmm. just all over the place, the chattering. Gary says you you can't stop monkey brain, but you can calm you can calm. That is, yeah, manage that
2: guy. So that. yeah, if you just if you think about a monkey swinging through a jungle grabbing for vines, those vines are thoughts. So it's here, it's there, it's here, it's there, it's here, and it's hard to shut that off. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you grab for the vine and you go, I recognize that thought, and I'm going to let you go, and then you move forward, and then when one comes up, you recognize it, you acknowledge it. I'm okay on to the next thing.
0: I like what you said about community, because I can't tell you, I have countless friends who have said they've laid down on the pillow, and then their mind, but they're they're by themselves or alone, and right. then their mind just goes crazy.
2: Nighttime's the worst time. Right. That's what I've always told Trish. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, physically, mentally, spiritually, nighttime is the biggest struggle. I don't sleep well because of those things, because of the thoughts. And yeah,
1: you're not preoccupied at work because when you're at work, you have a task at right. hand. Right. And yeah, and then you go home <laughs> and you're trying to rest. And it's like everything that you need to do at work is now in your brain. All the things you didn't <laughs> do. Yeah. Oh my exactly. Yes. Right. I forgot that. I forgot that. Yeah, and I've true. gotten
2: really good at it. I mean, you know, I can yeah. tell. I can seeing Trish when she's getting stressed about something and I'm just like honey just breathe and let's just let that go let's focus on the right now what we have to get done at this moment because something that's happening three weeks from now can't do a whole lot about the weather can't change the weather <laughs> wish we could wish we could why <laughs> worry about it because you can't do anything about it you just have to prepare for it that's and it
3: think. Thank God that we have air conditioning.
2: Yes. Oh, yes. very
3: yes.
0: much yes. so. Very much so.
3: Well, I would like to just say you two are an amazing couple. Yeah. I have been honored to know you, I think, for the whole 30 years. Yeah. Um, I've been here for 31. So yeah. I think yep. the whole time. Congratulations. Well, yes. Thank yes. You. Congrats. Thank you. Big accomplishment. accomplishment. Well, a yeah, to,
1: nonprofit for 30 <laughs> years, I mean, we've only
3: been doing it for like two. <laughs> <laughs> <You've> <laughs> and it many, is exhausting. You've <laughs> done many things. So just who you are as a couple, I just think is amazing what you guys have been through as a couple and, and you're still there you're still going strong and, and the the love and support for each other is just obvious so and you've been a part of our journey for so long and I remember when we talked to Gary about coming on the board it was like well it's not just me we're a team right. <laughs> coming along it's a twofer and, and it was I mean you I know that you didn't officially serve on the board but you were as much a part of that as Gary was. So for all of the things that you've done for Hope House over the last 30 years, we're very, very grateful. And I am truly excited to see where you guys take this. This is just a very exciting next adventure. And
2: I'm. It's amazing. been a horror. It has.